Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We can find instant satisfaction in almost anything these days. Sleepy? Instant coffee. Need to sell your car fast? Car sales? Instant offer. That's right. Sell your car the instant way. And get it done with Australia's most trusted site for cars. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Well, New Zealand's basketball calendar just keeps getting busier and busier. Last week saw the launch of the new GJ Gardner Tauihi Basketball Aotearoa League, where female players get paid the same as the men in the NZNBL who have wrapped up round 10 with the finals uh, in their particular competition. Uh, the finals just around the corner, actually. On top of that, the Tall Blacks walloped the Philippines 106-60 to 60 last week. New Zealand's three-on-three three national teams are competing in the FIBA three-on-three three Asia Cup in Singapore this week. Uh, there's all sorts of trades going on in the NBA, purchases, etc., drafts. It's just basketball wall-to-wall, which pleases greatly. Uh, basketball commentator and former NBL general manager Justin Nelson, who joins us now. Justin, good morning to you. Hey, good morning, Smithy. I think you wrapped that up pretty well, mate. There's a lot going on, isn't there? There's a huge amount going on, Justin. And uh, let's start with uh, Tau shall we? Uh, because uh, Tau means to soar. And on the evidence of what you've seen in the f- first four or five d- days and nights of this new women's competition, how are you feeling? Yeah, it's terrific, mate. It's uh, It's been really good. I was out at a game last night and had the chance to sit courtside uh, without the microphone in front of me. And, and just the physicality of the game, you can see that it's it's gone up immediately with the, the level and class of the players and especially getting those tall ferns back home and, and some of the international talent that has uh, come into the competition. And it's early days. I mean, there's only three games that have been played so far, so these players will settle in over the first couple of weeks uh, but already, from what we've seen, it, uh, it's gone up uh, more than one level. It's probably gone up about four or five levels. It's pretty exciting. And, and the level of interest, uh, to me, is, has been fascinating as well. It's always going to be in, in a new competition. Uh, the first night, of course, was uh, the Pōkai beating the Hoi Ho. So it was a local victory. Um, but it, it seems to me uh, that the public are engaging quite quickly here. Yeah, they are. Look, I, I think one of the great stories or narratives around this is the pay parity. Um, it really sends a clear message that basketball is serious about looking after, you know, all of the players in both sides of the game, um, you know, the, the male and female sides of the game, which, you know, that that is a fantastic narrative to have out there. Um, but they are living up to it. I mean, they're walking the talk, and that's the most important thing. Uh, and already we're seeing the, the fans and the viewers respond to that. Um, you know, it's, it, it's probably a good message there for other sports as well. Okay, uh, you were at a game uh, last night um, involving the, the Northern Kahu, who have now uh, 2-0 and after two convincing wins. They won 50-46 to 46 over the, the Hoi, Hoi, uh, Hoi Hoi on Sunday, and then they followed that with an 80-60 to 60 win against uh, Tokomanawa Queens last night. Now, you were at that game. Uh, do they look initially anyway as the team to beat? 
Kahu? Yeah, they were really good. Yeah, they were really good last night, Smithy. They've they've got a, a fantastic guard rotation. Um, Michaela Cox, who is just a legend of the game here in New Zealand, you know, amazingly for all of the times she's played for the Tall Ferns, this is the first time she's had the chance to come back home and play, and that's what this competition is built to do. So to have her back home and playing in front of family and friends is exciting. And she was terrific last night. Uh, Talia Tapaya, who is uh, another Aussie WNBL player with strong connections and links through the New Zealand community. Uh, she was at her bustling best last night as well. And, of course, Crystal Ledger-Walker. You know, we've heard so much about the Ledger-Walker family. Uh, she's now finished mm. her collegiate career and is back starting her pro career on uh, on home soil. And the three of those players, very aggressive last night. They were sharp. They looked good. And uh, certainly if they can keep those three players up and running, uh, you know, the car who are going to be a team to watch. The professional side of it is interesting. You mentioned that before, Justin, because that, I would imagine, will keep players who are thinking about doing other things. It might keep them interested for longer periods of time. It also uh, might uh, interest uh, potential code hoppers. So we've seen uh, Alia Dunn dr- jump across from uh, the Pacific, uh, sorry, from the Pulse to uh, Tokomanawa, Queens. Um, and uh, she might be the forerunner of things to come uh, if the money is worthwhile. Yeah, well, the Tokamanawa Queens have a couple of players. Paris Mason as well played for the Pulse, and uh, and she was on court last night uh, for the Queens in Toihi. So, look, it is a forerunner. I, I think what we can do here in New Zealand, especially if the two seasons uh, avoid each other, um, I think they can complement each other, and that's exciting for dual athletes, you know, athletes that do have the ability to play at high levels. I mean, Donna Wilkins was a champion, Donna Lofhagen back then, but a champion uh, for the Tall Ferns and also the Silver Ferns. So it's been done for many, many years. In terms of domestic pro competitions, you know, we do have the ANZ Premiership now and GJ gardner Taihi, and uh, I think provided they avoid each other, um, from a from a season clash, uh, it does open up wonderful opportunities for the athletes. Justin, do we um, do we know what the the reimbursement levels are? Are they made public in New Zealand basketball? No, they don't. In terms of what the payments are, no. Look, it's not public, and you know, salary cap details around the men's competition isn't public either. Um, you know, there is some commercial uh, confidence around that, but at the same time. You know, I think you've only got to see from the the level of players coming in to both of those competitions. I mean, I did the Saints and Airs game on on Sunday night, and that was just out of this world. You know, some of the uh, the players, especially from the import, Xavier Cooks for the Saints and, and Anthony Hilliard for the Airs. I mean, we, we are attracting fantastic global talent uh, as well as the Kiwi talent. So the money's there. There's no doubt about that. And I think as the competition, both competitions continue to rise and go forward and more commercial investment comes in, that's what it's always about. You know, it's you know, the money's got to come from somewhere. So as it attracts more commercial investment because of the viewership and because of the numbers going to games, you know, no doubt those player payments will continue to rise. Let's uh, stay on that subject then of uh, the NZNBL. Uh, and the Tuatara are on top, of course, newly named franchise. Uh, and the Nelson Giants nipping at their heels. Is is that a surprise to you, those two uh, at, the, at the top end of the table? Well, I think you go into any season in the Cells NBL and you expect the Saints and the, and the Sharks to be up the top and they're sitting ninth and tenth on the ladder at the moment. So it just shows you the, the competitive nature of the competition. And it's exciting as well. The Tuatara picked up the Southern Swing in round 10, defeating the Sharks and, uh, and the Nuggets. And comprehensively, there's a lot to like 
about what the Tuatara have put together and coach Aaron Young. They've got a great mix of experience with Rob Lowe, you know, import Silas Schneider and, you know, certainly some of the young guns coming through, Dante Russo-Nance um, in particular. Uh, there's some great signs there ahead of the final six. The Giants have been solid away from home, have actually struggled a little bit on their home deck, which is surprising, but they're well placed. The big mover on the weekend, though, the Taranaki Airs, who have probably just about put together one of their greatest seasons ever in the history of the 41-year-old competition. Um, and we've still got a third of the regular season to go, but they picked up wins over the uh, the Giants away from home and the Saints away from home. They're legit. There's a lot of people now looking at the Taranaki Airs, and they look a legit chance this season. That's pretty exciting for everybody around New Plymouth. There's a bit of feeling about that game, wasn't there, towards the end, the, the Saints-Airs uh, game? Yeah, there was. You know, sitting courtside and calling that game with Megan Compain, it was there were there were battles within the battle right throughout the game. There, there was uh, things being said between players, uh, and then right at the end, it heated up as well. Just in front of us, as the teams came together to to shake hands, there were a few players that wanted to go on with things, and it added a little bit of spice. And in front of three and a half thousand fans, uh, they certainly got their money's worth. Here's an interesting one, uh, staying on the subject of the Tuatara as well. Kirk Penny. Kirk Penny, what, retired in 2018, possibly back on the books for future use? Yeah, he has registered. uh, 41-year-old Kirk Penny. He's a terrific guy and and what a player. I mean, one of the best New Zealand has ever produced. Uh, He's there as a bit of an insurance policy, I think, as the Tuatara aimed to make the final six. Um, and, And that event will be held... On the, uh, on the North Shore at Event Finder on their home court. So they're really excited about making it and they're covering all their bases. If, if Kirk Penny can get out there and play in any of their final four games, I'll tell you now as a fan, you want to buy a ticket because that's going to be something to go and see. Silas Snyder uh, seems to have found another gear for Auckland, uh, one of the uh, imports, and, uh, as well as uh, the monster import in Chris Johnson. Is, uh, is it possible he could be around or they could be around as a combination at finals time? Yeah, there's a little bit of a whisper, Smithy, that Chris Johnson uh, may have committed to the Tuatara that if they do make the final six, he'll come back from the States for that week, for that four-day event. Now, if that happens that really propels them, you would think, to favouritism because he is a legit star as well. Uh, so we'll wait and see what happens as far as Chris Johnson goes. But Silas Schneider, I think a few people were, were doubtful early as he settled in over the first couple of weeks. But, gee, you look at his body of work over the last month and he has really taken it up a level. He's an exciting player to watch, especially once he finds his range, you know, his athleticism and ability to get to the basket. When you put him together with Dante Russo-Nance, you know, the young 17-year-old Kiwi who is just at another level uh, for such a young guy uh, playing basketball in this country. He's got a huge future. You put those two together, it's a pretty formidable combination. Okay, let's uh, look perhaps at one of the two of the other sides that um, have struggled a bit this year I'm, uh, uh, for a pretty positive start. Uh, the Hawks... Um, Perhaps not where they want to be on the table, and neither to the Franklin Bulls. Yeah, the Hawks are an interesting one. They they, they lost to the Jets in round ten. Uh, they were missing Ethan Rusbatch and uh, and Hiram Harris away on national team duties with the Tall Blacks, and they fell to the Jets by three. They suffered a few injury problems in that game as well. So it will be interesting to see how they bounce back this week, and in particular, you know, the injury status of Drone Rakawa. 
they take on the Nuggets on Monday night. Um, and, and that's straight off the back of the Nuggets playing the Saints on Sunday. So the Hawks have, have been solid, uh, but at times a little bit inconsistent, especially on their home floor. But I expect them to figure prominently come the final six. And the Bulls are an interesting one because they're in that mid-pack that is so tight uh, on the Cells NBL ladder. They can ill afford to slip up. They had a good win on, against the Rams on Saturday night. But they have two big midweek games coming up. They play tomorrow night uh, against the Airs, who are in form and flying. And then just 24 hours later, they go further south to Palmerston to take on the Jets. And uh, they're in a bit of form themselves and scrapping to stay in contention for the final six. So this is a huge week. Make or break for the Bulls. Don't know if Corey Webster's going to play. Jaden Bazant is away at that Asia Cup 3x3. Uh, so some pressure on the Bulls, but they are coming off a win. I was watching the uh, NBA draft, uh, and the Breakers got quite a lot of coverage because uh, Osman Dieng, who, of course, played for the Breakers this year, uh, was picked very, very early on in the draft, and uh, that was an encouraging sign. Great recognition for the Breakers. Uh, as I said, a lot of publicity around that. Great acknowledgement for the NBL as well, and a genuine pathway has, has been quite obviously revealed. Yeah, it has, and, and Hugo Basson went with the, the last pick, so the Breakers had two players go... Uh, in the NBA draft and um, you know there there was also an Australian that went it it is a legit pathway and I think excitingly for everyone here in New Zealand the competitions we have here are a legit pathway to that pathway you know there were 20 odd Kiwis playing in the Australian NBL uh, last season just finished there's always roughly 8 to 10 Kiwis playing in the Australian um, Women's League the WNBL as well so you know, it, it is a fantastic area, um, you know, Australia-New Zealand platform for basketball. Um, the players come out with great fundamentals. Uh, across Australia and New Zealand, there's probably about 300 to 350 kids, um, young men and women playing at collegiate level, which is quite amazing when you actually sit down and think about those numbers. Uh, so I've got no doubt with those players going through college, from Australia and New Zealand, you're going to see a lot more Aussies and Kiwis uh, making the NBA and WNBA in the future. And just finally, uh, Justin, while we've got you there, the the three-on-three, three-by-three Asia Cup in Singapore, um, this hybrid version of the game, uh, is it taking taking hold, do do you feel? Uh, is Is it there to stay? Oh, it's taking hold globally. I mean, it's an Olympic sport now. Uh, the, the, the Tall Ferns and, and Tall Blacks 3x3 teams, as you said, off to the Asia Cup. But then straight after that, they're going to the Commonwealth Games. Uh, it's definitely taking off. You've only got to have a look around, uh, you know, the schoolyards and, and, and the parklands and the local basketball facilities. Uh, it's a really short, sharp game. It's physical. You know, when you speak to players who play it for the first time, especially pro players, when they step out and do it for the first time, they're quite amazed uh, at uh, at just the level of physicality and stamina that's needed to play the game. It's really exciting as a fan uh, watching it. There's just something always going on. You've only got to see the pictures from overseas and shopping centres and you know big malls and car parks and all that sort of stuff by the beach. The way they set it up and, and the crowds are flocking to it, especially in Europe. And uh, it's definitely here to stay. There's no doubt about that. Great news, uh, Justin. Thank you so much uh, for your time this morning. Uh, Updates on the local league and uh, that look overseas as well. Uh, 
Uh, continue uh, to call well, mate, and we'll continue to listen. Things are looking good uh, for the hoops. It's fantastic. Thank you, mate. Hey, appreciate it. Good on you. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.